Hello, everyone! Before we get to this week's episode, we've got some brand new patrons to thank. John, Mark, Matt, Amanda, Rebecca, Jeff, Lucia, Haley, and Jane. And we have a birthday greeting from John in honor of legendary mathematician Carl Frederick Gauss, who was born in April of 1777. So happy 244th birthday, Gauss. Thank you all for supporting us on Patreon. It takes everyone to know everything, and we can't do it without you. Now, on with the show. Hi, Dad. Hello, Rasa. How you doing? Pretty well. How are you? I'm doing good. Ready to know everything? I think I could stand to have genius imparted upon me, sure. Okay, let's do it. have a theory about being grateful. I'd be very grateful to hear it. Very well. My theory is that the more time you spend thinking about things you're grateful for, the happier you'll be. I've certainly heard that. Have you ever done it as practice? I sure have. In fourth grade, our teacher assigned us all gratefulness journals, where every morning, the first thing we did was write down the things we were grateful for. Sometimes I would do my best friend. Sometimes I'd do a piece of candy. Sometimes I'd do it for a new book. The more I wrote, the more things I found that I was grateful for. Mmm. So you're not just figuring out what you're grateful for. You're also generating new ideas. One idea gives you another, and these are things you already have. It's almost like finding a dollar, and that dollar gives you another dollar. You're rich in gratitude from this practice? Exactly. And the more time I spent writing down the things I'm grateful for, the more time I spent noticing those things. I was about to say that. It's almost like homework then is to notice the good things in your life. And you go, oh, I got to remember that for tomorrow. Oh, I got to remember that for tomorrow. Oh, wow. This basketball that just went in the hoop. That felt really good. I got to remember that too. I got to remember this mountain that looks really good. I got to remember this bird that landed on my shoulder. I got to remember this brownie a friend split with me. Yes. It's like if you made the most delicious dinner. And before I would have thought, oh, that's really good. But now I think this is amazing. I love the texture. I love the taste. I love the color. I'm going to write this down in my gratefulness journal. So it's not just one thing you get. One dinner gives you five things in one. You got the taste, the texture, the color, everything. Exactly. And our teacher told us that the people who do this have healthier and happier entire lives. Because you appreciate it more, you can be more, oh, this is really good. I like this. Unless I'm just going to eat a bunch of cookies because those are better. So that was fourth grade. You're in fifth grade now. Have you continued doing it or are you just remembering? Well, I'm just remembering. But I'm grateful for the memory. And I'll put that in my gratitude journal when I started up again. Are you ready for today's poem? Yeah, what is it? It's called The Waking by Theodore Rothke. I wake to sleep and take my waking slow. I feel my fate in what I cannot fear 
I learn by going where I have to go. We think by feeling. What is there to know? I hear my being dance from ear to ear. I wake to sleep and take my waking slow. Of those so close beside me, which are you? God bless the ground. I shall walk softly there and learn by going where I have to go. Light takes the tree, but who can tell us how? The lowly worm climbs up a winding stair. I wake to sleep and take my waking slow. Great nature has another thing to do to you and me. So take the lively air and, lovely, learn by going where to go. This shaking keeps me steady. I should know. It falls away as always and is near. I wake to sleep and take my waking slow. I learn by going where I have to go. Mm. So many echoes within the lines and even of the same line repeated. Lots of rhymes too. Yeah. It's quite calming and mysterious too. May I read it? Sure can. The Waking by Theodore Rothke. I wake to sleep and take my waking slow. I feel my fate in what I cannot fear. I learn by going where I have to go. We think by feeling. What is there to know? I hear my being dance from ear to ear. I wake to sleep and take my waking slow. Of those so close beside me, which are you? God bless the ground. I shall walk softly there and learn by going where I have to go. Light takes the tree, but who can tell us how? The lowly worm climbs up a winding stair. I wake to sleep and take my waking slow. Great nature has another thing to do. To you and me, so take the lively air. And lovely, learn by going where to go. This shaking keeps me steady. I should know. What falls away is always and is near. I wake to sleep and take my waking slow. I learn by going where I have to go. That's a really good poem. It also uses the word wake quite a lot. Have you memorized a couple lines of the poem just by hearing it twice? Yeah, a couple. I wake to sleep and take my waking slow. I learn by going where I have to go. That's right. Those are repeated four or five times. They're about half the lines of the poem. What does that repetition do for you? Well, I think it adds something to the poem. It makes it seem more mysterious and yet more interesting. Kind of like an echo in a cave? Exactly. I wake to sleep and take my waking slow. I learn by going where I have to go. What do those lines mean to you? Well, not quite sure. Maybe it means insomnia, but I think it means that he lives in the moment and he doesn't plan it all ahead. He doesn't schedule it. As it says, he learns by going where he's going to go. He learns by doing. Yeah, and I love the things he learns. The ground with each step. The worm that he passes going up the stair. 
the light in the tree, nature stirring the lively air. It's one breath at a time, but he's really alive to those breaths. There's a saying, slowing down is waking up. And I feel like in this poem, he really makes that clear. He wakes up slow, but that's also how we can all wake up. The more we slow down, the more we notice. Yeah. The shaking keeps me steady. I should know. Can even your own weaknesses be something you notice and perhaps appreciate? Yeah. That's how you find the ground beneath you. It's not when you fly. It's when you fall. Last segment of the show. Do you have a vexing question for me? Yes. This is our first third time vexer, questioner, person. It is posed by Ella here in Missoula, and Ella's vexing question, her third, another genius one, how many emojis are there? My head is already filling with smiley faces, unicorns, rainbows, and more. I'll look it up and get back to you. I'm back, and I've got the answer to your and Ella's vexing question. Emojis were first invented in 1999 by Shigitaka Kurikata, who lived in Japan. The word emoji is Japanese, meaning picture word. The reason he came up with emojis was you couldn't tell if someone texting was excited or not. With a frowny face and an eye roll, or a smiley face and a rainbow, People could tell what you're feeling behind what you're saying. The picture words caught on and grew and grew. A few years ago, there were only 1,600 emojis. Now there's twice as many. But I think I and my fellow 10-year-olds would argue that that's not nearly enough. How many do you guys want? And what emojis are missing? Well, 10,000 seems like a nice round number. 100 could be slime options. And the other 9,900 should be new desserts. You Must Know Everything was produced by me, Rossa Smith, and him, Jeremy Smith. And the amazing music was by Furniture. To get your own shout-out and birthday greeting, vote on vexing questions we should answer, and much more, go to patreon.com slash everything or follow the Patreon link at youmustknoweverything.com. Please rate, review, and share the show. And please tune in next time for everything you need to know. <laughs>